Hello and welcome to Deplorable, a podcast where a couple of friends dredge the internet to find the deepest lore. I'm Michael Bastien. And I'm Billy Staples. And we are back this week and better than ever, or so I will keep telling myself. This week's episode, this topic, is on the Kool-Aid Man. Billy, if you would be so kind as to give our listeners a rundown for those who don't know who the Kool-Aid Man is. So the Kool-Aid Man is, and you'll never guess this, the mascot for the brand of Kool-Aid, for a brand Kool-Aid, which is a flavored drink mix. He's generally a giant anthropomorphic pitcher filled with cherry Kool-Aid and has a smiley face on it. Sometimes it's animated, sometimes it's not. Yeah, and that about, the animation about directly correlates with the both era of marketing for the Kool-Aid brand as well as the level of ability for as far as the CG goes. This character, Billy, this character has some things. How how did your research go? We took a little bit of extra time to uh, to get this one rolling. Did that extra time help you at all? The topic wasn't... Ooh, by the way, side note, we may have to do an episode on Pepsi Man. We might have to, yeah. Because, frankly, Pepsi Man is a wonderful abomination. So I actually... Uh-huh. I, I finished the research for this last week when we settled yeah. on the topic. Uh-huh. Because I figured, eh, I'll that way I can just not have to worry about it, can enjoy the holiday. Yeah. So I don't quite remember how well this went. <laughs> Oh, oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I my uh my research was ended yesterday, and by yesterday I mean I did a little bit more research today. Let me tell you, there there is something to finding the sordid deepest lore of these brand mascots. It's like it's like you start digging down a well, and eventually, eventually, you hit water. But you gotta get through that last little bit of clay. Yeah. Billy, did you know that the Kool-Aid man is ticklish? I did, but not... How ticklish is he? (laughs) It's not your standard level of ticklish. I found a commercial compilation or two that just strung together a bunch of different Kool-Aid man commercials because I needed to know. And let me tell you, there was a string of Kool-Aid man commercials where children would ask, shout a question at the camera and it would be directed towards the Kool-Aid man and then it would basically cut to a scene of the Kool-Aid man doing a relevant thing and he would just go, he he would belt out his famous catchphrase of, oh yeah, and one of those questions was, are you ticklish? (laughs) Cut to a bunch of children pelting the Kool-Aid man with golf balls as he says, oh yeah. And it was just such a surreal scene to witness. It was it was like mini miniature golf. They had like little putters, which, so yeah. all right, fair enough. At least they're not, you know, trying to drive uh, golf balls through the Kool-Aid man with nine irons or something. But that's a very specific, like, ticklish Kool-Aid man? Are you sure you know what that word means? Are you okay? Do you need help? So did you find that commercial? Is that how you found out that Kool-Aid man is ticklish? Or 
Did you have some other source for that information that is perhaps just as cursed? I remember watching several Kool-Aid Man commercials, and I think I might have come across the the golf ball one, but just didn't. You poor person, so you have first-hand experience with... Some of those commercials did not age well. No, I remember I remember a few of those commercials. One of the more 90s ones where, where uh, the Kool-Aid man was in his radical stage, where he would skateboard places oh, yeah. and get in trouble with the man. That being police officers. Full of full of the classic '90s uh, characters getting all up into the camera's face with a wide-angle lens, so that kind of gives them that fishbowl look. Why was that a thing? What were we thinking? I. Then again, that's what that's what our parents say about the '80s, right? Yeah. And bell-bottom jeans. Now, speaking of advertisements. Mm-hmm. Looney Tunes once starred in a Kool-Aid commercial. Oh? It featured Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny arguing over Kool-Aid. So the Kool-Aid Man is a canonical part of the Looney Tunes universe. The Looniverse, if you will. From what I watched, it didn't star the Kool-Aid Man. Mm-hmm. But it definitely just was Elmer Fudd trying to keep Bugs Bunny away from some Kool-Aid. Well, remember, so... Early on in the Kool-Aid Man's marketing career, I guess you would say, for a while, Kool-Aid Man was, in fact, Pitcher Man, which was essentially the same concept as Kool-Aid Man, except instead of having arms and legs, he was just a pitcher, and he was the size of, like, a regular glass pitcher, you know, not the six-foot-tall abomination that we see nowadays. Now that I think about it, I think the pitcher may have had a face and when i initially saw that i was just i just kind of wrote it off because mm-hmm. you know it was it was bugs bunny number four uh, that universe yeah. kind of has some wacky stuff with it oh you really i didn't notice now when writing that down i did have to stop and think for a minute how to spell elmer fudd yeah elmer fudd's a name isn't it oh dude wait maybe we should go we might have to do looney tunes and we might have to do Looney Tunes at some point. That might be another one, because there's definitely something there. I can think of one thing in particular. Oh, uh, wait, was that Disney or Looney Tunes? Shoot. We'll have to discuss that at some point. Yeah, I'll have to go and look that back up, because I can't remember. I think it might have been Disney, actually. I've got some history of animation stuff mm. in my head from the class that I took in college. Anyway, were you saying something, Billy? I think I interrupted you. Uh, I don't think I was, but I do have something. Okay. You brought up connected Kool-Aid Man universe. Mm-hmm. Or rather, that Kool-Aid Man was in the Looney Tunes universe. He did have a short Marvel comic for a while. Yes! Let's get into this! So this is a thing I knew, but you, you t- give us this story, because... Oh, man. I don't have specifics of the comics as to what he was doing in them, but I do have dates. I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of generic Marvel superhero stuff. He was battling his enemies called the thirsties. Yes. Which when I read about were very eerily similar to, um, the soggies. From... Uh-huh. Another Marvel villain. It might be, a, there might be more to that. The first 
first couple issues were around uh, 1984 and 1985, and it got it got kind of shelved for a bit until 1988 and 1989, where it was continued under Archie Comics by Dan Dan DiCarlo. Shortly before the comic book series, he got two video games for the Atari and intelligent Intellivision systems. Oh yeah, the oh gosh the the Kool Aid Man video games. There was a brief period in our history as a country where, like, all of our brand mascots started making video games. It was, like, right after the real, really the boom of video games as a home console. And Kool-Aid Man got one. Pepsi got one. There was the Captain Crunch one that JonTron played. Oh, shoot. Was there a Captain Crunch one? Yes. I don't remember there being a Captain Crunch one. There was also... A Coca Cola one that was just kind of a rip on Pepsi, I think. Oh, I think I might, I might remember that. Yeah, I think John Trump played that one too. Didn't you have an episode about that? What did you do in the in the Captain Crunch game? In the Captain Crunch one, you took care of a creature. I think named was Crunchel or some something like that. It was this tiny little goblin looking thing, and you had to feed it Captain Crunch cereal. Oh, I remember that game now. I have not played that game, but yeah, it was a uh, it was basically a It was Tamagotchi except Yeah. Captain Crunch. It was a Captain Crunch brand Tamagotchi. McDonald's also had a few a few video games, but those were locked in the McDonald's vault. I have good news, Billy. What? I have a synopsis of the first Kool-Aid Man comic. Oh. So there was a softball game. And the nearby snack stand called Sam's Snacks was closed and the water fountain was not working. Apparently this was the fault of the Thirsties, who have tied up Sam inside the snack stand in an effort to make the children thirsty. To stop them, the Kool-Aid man bursts through the wall and apprehends the Thirsties, freeing Sam. Uh, he then informs the group of baseball-playing kids that he has to return to his secret headquarters and offers to take the kids with him in his cool copter. Oh, DM. right. Uh, let's see. They take him up at his offer. They go to the number one Kool-Aid Plaza, the location of, Kool- of a Kool-Aid... The location of a Kool-Aid pitcher-shaped building that acts as Kool-Aid Man's base of operations. This is almost as bad as the Teen Titans Tower. Everybody's got to have one. Hey, where do where did the where did these superheroes whom I hate hang out? What's their home base? It could it possibly be that giant T-shaped structure on the horizon near the waterfront? Nah, couldn't. There was a few problems with. There's a reason why the Bat Cave is a secret. Now, everybody and their mother eventually finds the Batcave because, you know... And those that don't find it, attack the manor. Yeah, flipping because, gosh darn, the writers of Batman comics are as addicted to people finding the Batcave as the writers of Superman comics are to making Superman evil. Ooh, let's... Here's a novel idea. What if Superman were a good guy? That's a question for the ages. What if what Superman if, was a good guy? What if he were nice? If the Man of Steel movies are anything to go by, he's definitely not a good guy. 
he kills one... a lot of people. Yeah, there was one, like, uh... we can't just get into this. Isn't even the right universe. That's, Superman's that's not Superman's DC. That's what happens when you when you watch the when you research facts is eventually you'll go the wrong direction. Uh, I mean, half the, the an all, one alternative name of this podcast was Rabbit Hole. The podcast. We we didn't we didn't go we didn't go down that road because uh we wanted to well not have to do any explaining when we actually told people the name of our podcast. The Rabbit Hole Podcast, the podcast in which we oddly enough do not build rabbit holes. There was for a while in the advertisements they they used a live action character. So it was the guy in a suit. Yes. It wasn't until nineteen ninety four that the live-action character was retired, and a computer-generated one took its place, well, his place, until about 2008. Now, Billy, before we get too far into this new bit of information, uh, did, I f- did you find out what the material was for that costume? It was nylon for a little bit after, but did you find out what it was initially? No, what was it? It's the same material used in a Corvette Stingray <laughs> for the body of it. Hmm. According to Robert Scholler, uh, one of the marketing execs on the, uh, on the team, it, it was like a, a fiberglass, but it was the same. Yeah. It was the same mat- kind of material that they used on the Corvette Stingray, which just gives me joy to know that they were basically making a Flintstones car on par with a Corvette, and then running through walls. Well, I mean, it had to be sturdy enough to go through those walls. Yeah, it did. I just, I like to think that in, they were sitting there and like, okay, how do we make this character go through the wall? We can't make the wall less sturdy looking. Well, no, it's, it's interesting because basically like they came, they, they started, they were getting ready to start the commercial. Like they were kind of identical, like they were laying out, they were storyboarding out the commercial and, or no, it wasn't even during storyboarding. It was like on set. Someone asked, hey, how are we going to make the Kool-Aid man entering the scene more interesting? And someone was like, I don't know, have him come through a wall or something. And so they just set up that they because like, you know, you have some you have props and stuff on set. Uh, One of the things that they had on set was some collapsible brick. Basically, it was it's yeah, it's that fake, you know, particle brick stuff. And so they. They set up a wall of bricks, and through it he went. And they were like, that's it. We did it. So in 2008, Billy, you were saying they switched to the CG. Yeah, they switched to a CG one, which, so they started using the CG one in 1994. So in 1994, they retired the live action and made the computer-generated one, which lasted until 2008. Oh, what did they start doing after 2008? I don't know. Because it's curious. Just getting this out of the way. I don't watch TV anymore, so. Oh, no, no one does. As far as I'm aware, 2008 is when they stopped making Kool-Aid commercials. I think I see, just a quick YouTube search, I think I see a Kool-Aid commercial from, like, three years ago for the, like, juice stuff. No, they definitely still make Kool-Aid commercials. Because there are two things that I found in my research that, uh are from recent... Well, one of them is from a recent Super Bowl commercial. 
Although I don't know if that's technically a Super Bowl commercial. I think it was. Well, so let's take a step back for a second. You know the the uh, Mr. Peanut thing, right? Yeah, where they where they killed their mascot. Yeah. So they had a Super Bowl commercial, which was his funeral. Yeah, and it starred the Kool Aid Man. It did star the Kool Aid Man, and during this commercial, the Kool Aid Man cried. And his tears fell upon the grave of the Mr. Peanut. And a peanut blossom grew from that corpse, sat mm. upon which was baby Mr. Peanut, who did who just kind of made baby noises for a second and then said, No, nah, yeah, it's cool, I'm back. So, thus Kool-Aid Man's tears have the power to regenerate and restore life. He must, they must be still using the... They may have just updated the look they might have of updated the, the CG model. Because I'm seeing, or, I'm seeing a version of Kool-Aid Man which I kind of like better, but is definitely a lot more, like is a lot less... The Kool-Aid Man from the 90s, early 2000s was very, like I said, he, you know, skateboarded and had Hawaiian shirts and stuff. I think they might use a mix of CG and live action. Yeah. Like in some commercials, just a live action one is better suited. Uh, One reason why they started going CG and then stopped was because they liked the the analog costume a little better for the time. The CG effects just weren't quite up to par. And when they shifted over to full CG, it was right in that era where everybody was obsessed with computer-generated effects. It was the same as that 3D era of entertainment, you know, where everybody, yeah. everybody was posting a... Not posting, everybody... Listen, listen to my 2020 lingo. Uh, everybody was publishing, releasing, releasing like those 3D movies, and they technically were 3D, but they just abused the effect more or less. They would always throw things yeah. at the screen and like stick their faces right up at the camera. And I'm cracking my knuckles while I'm talking, which is bad. So I think it's quite possible that with CG with special effects at this point kind of getting to the place where you can have an analog costume modified by special effects that honestly looks like what I'm seeing in in like this commercial here. Billy, the age-old question, is Kool-Aid Man the Kool-Aid or the pitcher? So when watching advertisements... There was one that struck me. Mm -hmm. Well, two. In one of them, he uses a straight-edged razor to remove some condensation from the pitcher, mm -hmm. which raises some questions. Yes, it does. Uh-oh. Kool-Aid Man can grow a beard. He can grow a beard, but that beard but is made out of the water. condensation of his pitcher. So it is water. Because condensation is just the water particles in the air. Yeah. Basically getting stuck to a, a surface like water, or water, like glass. The other thing that I noticed was when he wakes up in the morning, he has to make the Kool-Aid inside of him. 
Yes. Also, he can have more colors than just red. Yes. So, there is a specific commercial that we can reference for this in which he explains the answer to this question, this age-old, eons-old question, Billy. And he explains that he says, I put my pants on one leg at a time. It's just that my pants are hundreds of gallons of Kool-Aid. This, I think it was a, I think it was another Super Bowl commercial. Here, give me just a second to look it up. While you're, while you're looking that up, we have an alternative explanation, which, from where it's acquired, it makes, I can see it. There's an episode of Family Guy where the Kool-Aid Man, Kool-Aid Man made an appearance. And in that reality, the Kool-Aid in like inside of him is his blood. Uh-oh. That's I mean, that's just kind of disturbing. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, in that episode, he gets he gets shot or something, his pitcher breaks in some way. And as as cartoons do, his eyes change to X's. Because all of the tray Kool-Aid just kinda goes all over the street. Yeah. I've got striped pants, I've got watermelon pants, says the Kool-Aid man, and I wear them in my head. That is the quote from the Kool-Aid man. So it seems it seems that to the Kool-Aid man, the Kool-Aid is clothes. Now, legally speaking, I don't know that, you know, that's going to uh, fly. So if the Kool-Aid in his jug mm-hmm. is his clothes... Yes. And he hands the clothes, like, he yeah. hands that out to people yeah. who are thirsty. Yeah. Is he just forcing people to eat pants? You know, it's, oh, oh, Billy. Oh, <laughs> Billy. I don't, I don't mean like. Billy, no, Billy, no. Oh, this man walks around with edible shirts and just tears pieces off and hands it to people. (laughs) Sir, that's the clothes you're wearing. Nobody wants that. But nobody knows any better. They're kids. Oh, the Kool-Aid man is another criminal. They're all criminals. Funny you mentioned that. Oh, no. What did you find? So... (laughs) In a in Henry Danger's animated series, The Adventures of Kid Danger. Uh-oh, carry on. One of the criminals is named Wahoo Punch Guy. <laughs> okay. Who is just a parody of Kool-Aid the Man. Kool-Aid Man. Who seeks who seeks to turn all the water in the world to Wahoo Punch. Oh you you cannot, sir. And or ma'am, and or other. Uh, oh no! I can see there are definitely this character is definitely a villain. I kind of want the Kool Aid Man to fight this character. Now, I do remember at one point in my life seeing Wahoo Punch on the store shelves. Wait, really? I think I saw it. Is that an actual product? Hang on. It might have. It might have been at like one of those. This is cheaper, but it's also sh- worse. <laughs> Nice save. So I think, Billy, what you're 
So there, there are a couple of things. Um, unless you have an actual listing for for Wahoo Punch, which you know I haven't done much research. I've never, I've never seen this. But uh, the Wahoo Punch logo that's used in this cartoon series is heavily based off of the Hawaiian Punch. That might have mascot been... and logo. It might have been that I was just, I was just sort of mixing the two. My brain kind of just went, oh, yeah, Wahoo Punch, otherwise known as Hawaiian Punch. Yeah, no, it it is completely understandable. I'm looking at this logo, and it is, it's visually distinct enough to not get copyrighted, but if it's if it's been an age and a half since you've seen it, it has the same design layout, it has the same character surfing, it has a very similar color scheme and font. As I said, it is visually distinct enough to be a parody, and not close enough for it to be like, hey, you can't do that. That's my logo design. But it's definitely close enough to sort of Berenstein, Berenstain its way into your memory. Now I want Hawaiian Punch, really. I want something other than cold coffee, but here we are. Maybe we need to get Kool-Aid. <laughs> I also kind of want to go look up the next volume of this comic. What's the next episode about? Oh, it doesn't tell. It doesn't say. I have come to my end with research. Uh-huh. Except for the miniature fact of the Pitcher Man was created, so the precursor to the Kool-Aid Man, was created on July 10th, 1954 by Marvin Potts. Okay. Man, Kool-Aid Man's been out for ages. You know, Kool-Aid Man was initially marketed because it had... so. Initially, when it was first released, it was a flavor pouch with no sugar in it, and you added the sugar yourself. Yeah. And so what it was marketed for was for the convenience. Uh, mothers could kind of regulate how much sugar was in there, and, you know, uh, it was also a, it was, what was their slogan? It was like, a five cent, a five cent pouch makes two gallons or something? Two quarts? Two quarts. Yeah, it was five five cents for two quarts. Right. And so it's like, Man, look at this value. Look at look at the sugar that you can put into this. And then in later iterations, and I think this actually may have been related to your Bugs Bunny commercial, they came out with, there were two versions of it, one without the sugar like normal and the other one with artificial yeah. sugar added. Which is where the Kool-Aid, the commercial with Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd comes in because they're arguing, Elmer Fudd is trying to keep the new version of it with sugar added. Away mm-hmm. from Bugs Bunny. Yes. And it is it is very much... You mentioned these commercials not aging well. It is... Yeah. It's interesting to go back to these old commercials and listen to what these advertisers were saying to people, to the general public. Because remember, this is far enough back that this was before a lot of the regulations that the FDA had on different you know substances. Yeah. And so... This commercial, these commercials are like it's artificial sugar. It's not real sugar, which mothers so it, it mothers love kind of thing. So it's basically marketing artificial sugar as better for you than real sugar. It just tastes sweet. It doesn't have all of the you know fattening effects that sugar has. Watching that health profile that pe- the general public had shift going through yeah. the years and the decades has is frankly fascinating as we've become more aware of 
the dangers of certain certain processed chemicals and things and then becoming sort of over aware of them to where at this point there is a large movement against like processed foods and things like that and it's there when you actually look at medically speaking the what we do to our food there is a there is absolutely a side to it which we need to be careful what we put in our bodies there is also a side to it where there are processing techniques and things that we do to our food and stuff that is actually beneficial it's not yeah it's not every processed food is terrible for you it is there are certain things in them that are bad for you and you know we are still good with filtered water it's okay to put you know fluoride i think it is it's okay to put fluoride in your water so i'm i'm on the kool-aid man's twitter page because you gotta go visit these mascots twitter oh yes i have good news billy they are still making kool-aid man commercials oh good it seems that some of their more recent commercials are entirely cg okay to take away a little bit of the load of mixing cg with shoot billy what's the word for real effects live action practical effects thank you there you go take off the weight on the animators for mixing cg with practical effects even though we can do that now much better than we used to it is still more work they have completely cg'd commercials so that your cg kool-aid man doesn't look quite as out of place they do still have a little bit of a problem that i discovered when starting to do 3d modeling in that their 3d model for the kool-aid man the mesh around his arms don't rig quite perfectly to the skeleton that they set up for him which is fair it's very very challenging to make that work properly but it is a little bit like hmm they shouldn't have him moving around without clothes on as much yeah i also see a tiktok video Featuring oh, no. what appears to be the actual Kool-Aid Man suit. So there may be two varieties of the commercial. There may be... They may do full CG commercials and full practical commercials. Hmm. Uh, also on their Twitter page is uh, a wonderful... <laughs> a wonderful um, Minecraft screenshot in which someone has built a replica of the Kool-Aid Man. A facsimile of him. Sorry, I'm very distracted by the Kool-Aid man's Twitter. 20 years after the Pitcher Man was created, the Kool-Aid Man, so in 1974, Mm -hmm. was given his famous design and his signature catchphrase of, oh yeah. 1974? Yeah. Man, so it was like... Pitcher Man was around for 20 years. It was 20 years before Kool-Aid Man, A, grew arms and legs, and B, got his signature catchphrase. It wasn't until 1979 that his mouth moved in synchronization with the voice actor. Okay. Oh, he's also got a record label. That's nice. (laughs) Peach, mango, strawberry, and kiwi. This rabbit hole definitely... Anybody, like, I, I highly encourage our listeners to, whenever we talk about a brand like this, go and find their Twitter page because it's it's something. It, it's, oh gosh, it's bizarre because it's like, you'd think a whole Twitter page devoted to a brand 
would be just so boring, so dull. Because it's all, it's just, it's all marketing. Like, it's all advertisements. But at least for the Kool-Aid Man and for Captain Crunch, all of these posts are from the perspective of the mascot, which gives these Twitter pages an oddly interesting narrative. Of course, Kool-Aid Man's Twitter posts are all entirely composed of the phrase, oh yeah, but, you know, post pictures too. (laughs) So, I've quickly looked up, because I didn't have it on hand, the dimensions of Kool-Aid Man. Large. He is six feet tall. Six, okay. The, The pitcher... The glass that it's made out of, I think this is the glass. This might just be his entire him him in his entirety is three point six inches thick. Okay, and it holds six hundred. He holds six hundred and seven point six gallons of Kool Aid. That is so much Kool Aid that is definitely not kept cold. That pulling out those numbers reminds me of somebody did the math at one point as to a what Kool Aid Man would weigh and b whether or not he could actually smash through concrete walls. Yeah. With bone dry, with no Kool-Aid in him, a glass person of that size would weigh 6,000 pounds. Yeah, with with all of that, he is, with all, of, with all 607.6 gallons of Kool-Aid, he weighs 11,000 pounds. That... Is a wreck. How much does an actual wrecking ball weigh? Hang on, we're gonna find this out. Uh, for those not in America and not using freedom units, that's that translates to 4,950 kilograms. A standard wrecking ball ranges from the small end 1,000 pounds to the high end 12,000 pounds, so 450 kilograms to 5,400 kilograms. Kool-Aid Man is literally in the weight category yeah. of a wrecking ball. He came in like a wrecking ball. It on So I found a Marvel wiki page, right, that has the Kool-Aid Man listed. Yeah. I was, I cannot, I cannot begin to explain how hard I was searching for the power grid scaling of Kool-Aid Man. Because, okay, so the, quick aside, quick explanation. The power grid is a method i do not know if it's if it's considered official marvel canon or if it's something that the fans kind of collectively decide but the power grid for marvel is basically a it's basically a system for scaling how strong a superhero is so you you have on the power grid you go from one to seven one being like really bad at a thing seven being you know maximum and your categories are intelligence, strength, speed, durability, energy protection, projection rather, and fighting skills. So if your if your superhero doesn't have the ability to shoot energy beams, then your energy their energy projection stat is zero. It's not even one. I w- I cannot begin to tell you how hard I was searching to find the Kool Aid Man's power grid. <laughs> But I did find a Marvel wiki in which his attack potency, which, all right, is listed as wall level plus, which yeah, just 
amuses me to hear <laughs> because uh, I always like finding these little homebrew wikis because they have just the most wild little uh, listed listed on his powers and abilities on this wiki page is water manipulation because he throws jars of Kool-Aid. It's like, hang on. I have that power. <laughs> I can hog a jar of Kool-Aid. Does that mean I have water manipulation? I guess technically. These characters are wild, Billy. Yeah, they are. We have definitely gotten through all of our our information at this point. Yes. What are we calling the deepest lore? No, hang on. I, it's the clothes, right? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's got to be because it's and it's not. It's not the answering of the question. Is Kool Aid Man the jug or the clo or the Kool Aid? It's the. It's it's the fact that this this man this this Kool Aid Man is running around tearing off pieces of his edible shirt and giving them to children. That's no. That's not. That's not okay. That's gonna put him in the the big one. It's gonna put him in prison. He's going to jail. One of those. I can't remember which one's the one you go for a little bit and then go to permanently. Well, semi permanently. It's not important. The point is Kool-Aid Man should be in jail or prison or worse. Jail, prison. Solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. I would say death row, but I... Let's not kill Kool-Aid Man. Hang on. He's been doing crimes, but he's also a Kool-Aid Man. Maybe he doesn't know any better. The Kool-Aid Man obviously has some questionable ideas about property damage. Although in his yeah. defense, he will not he does not fit through most uh standard sized American doors. I don't know that he'd even fit through the uh door that we have at the UPS store that's sized for uh pallets to fit through. He might. He might, but in that same commercial where he talked about how the Kool-Aid is his clothes, he does walk out of the front door of his house and smash through the doorway as he does it. Like, he opened the door, I think, but there was no doorway once he was done. If it's to be believed that he's six feet tall, it's not necessarily his height that's the problem. It's his rotundness. Well, he also, so yes, and he also doesn't have, like, he's made of glass. Yeah. So he's not, he's not, you know, sucking in his gut to fit through a doorway. He's not turning sideways. He's a, he's a pitcher. He's the same width all the way around. And that width is easily half his height. Or do you disagree? Do you think his width is... Because to be fair, he has been in different sizes. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I could see that width being half the height on this guy. I'm looking at... I'm on the Twitter page. I'm using a very mathematical method by putting my fingers on the screen and then rotating my hand. (laughs) Which means he's at least... Three foot wide? Well, he might fit. Getting us back on track. I'm never getting back on track. Those kids ate the Kool-Aid man's clothes. We need to put him in the prison specifically designed for mascots. Mascot prison? That sounds terrifying. 
Mascot prison. I don't know what's more terrifying, mascot prison or prison mascot. Both of them sound bad. What would be the mascot for prison? I don't know, and I'm kind of terrified to find out because it kind of all... It all depends on who decides this idea, and... It would either be a pit bull or a pig. That's That's a very specific set of choices. Well, so... Cops back in the day were called pigs. So that's why I chose that. And Pitbull, because uh, Pitbull's, at least as far as media is concerned, is generally the aggressive dog. Yeah. Which is a shame, because from what I understand, from what my sister explains to me, Pitbulls they are, are one of very the kind. Yeah. I think it depends on, I think it depends largely on who is deciding who the prison yeah. mascot is. Because if the inmates are allowed to decide, I don't think they're going to be thinking along the lines of like that, like kind of what you were talking about. Yeah. I think they're going to be trying to come up with what's a cool mascot. You know, that's probably why they don't have prison mascots. Now that I'm thinking about this a little harder, that's probably basically just going to turn into like gangs. Thank you, Billy, for getting us on topic again. On Uh, on topic and then immediately off topic. Well, I think that was my fault. I think I did that one. So, oh man. I hey, you know, listeners, this one's I think I I'm I'm locking in my answer at Kool-Aid Man's Kool-Aid being the clothes of the Kool-Aid Man being the deepest lore here, but again, by all means, our email yes. is at deeplorablecontact@gmail.com, uh which you can send us topic suggestions there. Our Twitter page is at Deplorable. Let us know if you think that a different piece of information was the deepest lore here today. Uh, or or if there was something we missed. I, I'm always fascinated to find out more little tidbits that we missed on these characters. Anything you got to add, Billy? Not relevant to the episode. But That's ominous. I do think our our mascot does need to be just a just a rabbit. All right, I'll make a rabbit mascot. <laughs> they got to be a fisherman. Yes, because he's searching for the deepest. Right, it, it, that that'll that'll go in line with our uh, with the logo current, that we've already got. Yeah, yeah, our current logo, which is the fishing boat. I do kind of love the mental image of a little rabbit in one of those little... fisherman jackets with a little hat. Like Judy Hopps, except a fisherman. Yeah, carrying around a, carrying around a fishing fishing pole. The, f- the fishing roll has to be comically large, like two size, two times the size of the rabbit. I'm gonna use the Marvel power grid to establish <laughs> our char- our our mascots, uh, the deplorable rabbits' power scaling. Speed obviously has to be very high. Yes, it has to be speed of a rabbit. Well, now hang on. <laughs> So uh, I found uh, here I got a wiki open now that that gives you a little bit of a better idea of what each level, what each tier. So it goes one to seven. Remember, yeah. And one is below normal, weak, or none, basically. So if you're talking about strength, you can't even lift your own body weight if you're at a one. If you're talking about energy energy projection, you have no energy projection abilities at a one. For speed. Three, so two is normal, 
two is two is average for human. Well, maybe that's not true. Yeah, two is two is average for person, uh, with the exception of I guess energy projection. For speed, three is subsonic, so it's superhuman, but you can't break uh, Mach one. Four is your peak velocity. Your peak speed is between Mach one and Mach two. Five is supersonic, which puts your peak speed between Mach 2 and orbital velocity. A rabbit that has the velocity to go orbital would be very concerning. Six is the speed of light. Seven is warp speed, able to transcend light speed or teleport. I.e. instantaneous travel. I I think this is this is a good spot to end it. But I want to keep talking about this new mascot. We'll come back to it. We'll 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 come back to it. Maybe we'll do an episode in the future specifically about mascots. Or maybe we'll do an episode in the future that's just world building for deep lorable. I don't know. Deep loring deep deep worldable. Deep worldable. Deep lo- no wait, hang on. That's already our podcast. <laughs> That's already the name of our podcast, Mike. Good job. Oh man. All right. All right. All right. Yes, that the is deep world. There we that go. is all for today, folks. Thank you one and all for listening. I am Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.